0: Hello and welcome to Cannabis Grand Rounds, a production by physicians with advanced degrees in cannabis medicine. Your hosts, Dr. Lee Van Oker, Dr. Les Matthews, and Dr. Hal Altman, will offer unbiased medical cannabis education for healthcare providers and the motivated public. Our content is selected with the objective to fully explore cannabis as science and medicine and pledges to reflect current cannabis knowledge with no hidden agenda nor sponsorships.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Cannabis Grand Rounds, your information source on all things medical cannabis and therapeutics for healthcare providers. I'm here with my two colleagues, Dr. Hal Altman and Dr. Les Matthews, and today we're gonna talk about the history of cannabis. Les, you wanna kick it off?
2: I sure will, Lee, thank you. in this, our second podcast, we're going to delve uh, into the history of cannabis. And we thought it was uh, a, a good way to do this by talking about the history of cannabis. Uh, prior to the, uh, early night, early 20th century, uh, there was a lot that transpired in the, uh, early and mid 20th century that impacts cannabis and, and regulatory issues that we still face today. And we will get into that in a subsequent podcast. But today we want to talk about some of the real early history of cannabis, which we think is important for everyone to understand because it lays the foundation for where we are today. Um. Lee, would you like to walk us through some of the early milestones in the history of cannabis?
1: Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting, guys. So, you know, prior to the modern era, actually the classification and taxonomy of cannabis actually had a controversial debate back in the 18th century when Leonis, a plant botanist, named cannabis sativa L, saying it was a single species, while another prominent botanist at the time, Lamarck described the strain from India as a second species, calling it cannabis indica lamb. And you know, back in the day, they only had the morphology of the plant to go by. um, So they didn't know the genetics, they couldn't talk about it. We didn't even know what was in cannabis (laughs) until um, the late 19th century. So it sort of complicated things. And then to add to that, you know, for 5,000 years, guys, man has been using cannabis as a food, a fiber, a medicine, and they've been carrying it around with them as they migrated the globe, you know, early man. And so I'm sure there was a mixing and crossbreeding of these specific land races that we know um, about cannabis sativa and cannabis indica. So I'm sure that that um, mixed up a lot of the uh, genetics that later we'll talk about in other podcasts in fact did, but it was very interesting. And then you guys know about William uh, O'Shaughnessy, don't you? Tell us. <laughs> okay, well, he he was uh, a physician, I think he was Irish originally, and he went out to India, and he brought back um, the strain of cannabis from India, which They called indica. And he um, brought it back and started treating people uh, for rabies and tetanus, and he used it. And even in the uh, early part of the 19th century, there, you know, when we had compounding pharmacies. Um, There were companies like Eli Lilly that made tinctures of cannabis and it was part of, you know, in the later part of the 18th century, a group of doctors got together and formed the U.S. Pharmacopeia to create standards of all medicines, which they still do today. And it was on their monograph, uh, cannabis, the tincture of cannabis. So it it was a well-used medicine in the later part of the 18th century.
0: Lee, in fact, uh, if you trace the history back uh, 5,000 years, uh, most of the major cultures of the world, the history of the world, the Egyptians, the Persians, the Chinese, um, all have references in their writings to cannabis as medicine. Uh, I think those of us who um, labor under the restrictions that we have today don't appreciate the fact that cannabis is not new as a medicine. It's actually quite old. Uh, in fact, the, I, there were reports that the Queen of England in the early 19th century was prescribed um, tincture of cannabis for menstrual cramping. So there is this very rich, rich history uh, of using cannabis um, as medicine that I think most of the medical professionals that I meet are not aware of
1: yeah I wasn't
0: (laughs) so so the question the question
2: then is is it because cannabis was effective or is it simply because there were not other alternatives back in those days do we know
1: Well, I think it was probably a combination of both. As we know, you know, most pharmaceuticals really did start with plants, right? Digitalis was from the foxglove plant. And what's interesting, and I know we'll talk a little bit as we get into the early 20th century about some of the regulations and the financial constraints, but think about it, we didn't even know what was in cannabis until the 60s with Dr. Raphael Meshulam isolating THC. So nobody really knew Knew what was active about it. And then I think in the early part of the 20th century, you know, we started to develop precision dosing of medications and tablets. And it sort of fell out of favor because of a couple things. One were financial penalties associated with it, and also this advent of precision dosing and medications and the fact that we didn't understand what was in it either. And it eventually fell out of favor until like 1942. I believe it was finally taken off the U.S. pharmacopoeia as an official um, medication. So I think that was part of the problem, too. And I know we'll talk about the penalties um, shortly. Hal, anything else?
0: Yeah, Lee, I I think those are great points. Um, It's impossible to look at cannabis as a medicine without looking and being uh, um, open to uh, all the influences that medicine as a science uh, was undergoing at the end of the 19th early and beginning of the early 20th century Um, medicine as a science really uh, wasn't known until then and it was only uh, as science was applied to medicine that we really came into the modern age if you think about cannabis um, it's botanical medicine Um, it has uh, over 500 different active potentially active ingredients in it and that is uh, that's very foreign to uh, most of us who trained uh, in the 20th century medical school system Uh, there is a penchant for uh, individual compounds and being able to take a look at how those individual compounds uh, create their effects uh, and uh, as, as we'll talk about, I'm sure at some point in the future, the term used in cannabis is the entourage effect, which relates to the fact that in addition to THC and CBD, there are hundreds of other potentially uh, active ingredients that could be um, producing its effects
1: yeah I think that that is very important. And that is one of the problems even today with any kind of herbal preparation, medications, even dietary supplements now, is uh, standardization and uh, precision dosing. And those are the things that we look to. And that's why you know now, even though medicines like aspirin started with willow bark, it's um a synthetic compound. Uh, But a lot of cannabis advocates, we've had synthetic compounds, and we'll talk about that when we get to uh, the part on uh, the scheduling and the Controlled Substance Act. But, um, you know, there are people that believe that these synthetic compounds don't work as well, which is interesting. So, Les, what um, there were were actually a couple issues um, related to cannabis In the early 20th century specifically around 1937 that it wasn't a a criminal issue but it was a financial imposition on the use of cannabis called the marijuana tax act you want to talk about that
2: yeah well it's 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 fascinating to um, you know have this discussion and consider that for literally centuries cannabis was valued for its medicinal purposes by a multitude of cultures and then somehow starting in the early uh, 20th century uh, particularly in the United States um, that pendulum began to swing pretty rapidly and pretty dramatically and uh, cannabis became uh, stigmatized and there were a number of both um, social, societal, and racial implications associated with that stigmatization. Um, but the early efforts uh, by the United States government to restrict cannabis were taken in the form of taxation. Uh, not regulation or restriction in the pure sense of the word. So uh, various uh, legislative acts were passed which imposed very punitive taxes on the importation, use, and distribution of cannabis such that it it almost effectively prohibited uh, more widespread use or acceptance. And that formed the groundwork for what transpired throughout the uh, early and mid 20th century that got us to where we are today with cannabis as a a schedule one drug. I think we'll we'll leave it at that point for this session. And when we come back for our next podcast, we're going to spend much more time taking a deeper dive into the evolution of the regulatory status of cannabis that we deal with today and talk in some detail about the Controlled Substance Act and, and uh, legislation that still overhangs cannabis uh, and everything we do about cannabis in this country today. Any final thoughts? I think it's a good start. Thank you guys. We'll, we'll be back. We appreciate our listeners uh, being with us and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. All information, material, and content on this podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional and or medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment by a qualified physician or healthcare provider. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. Cannabis Grand Rounds LLC does not offer personal health or medical advice. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or call 911 immediately.